self-acceptance, self-compassion, self-regard, healthy self-esteem. How do these impact us and being creative? In this episode, a number of creative people and psychologists talk about their perspectives and some research. Actor Michelle Rodriguez said, I don't think it's narcissistic at all to love yourself and believe in yourself. I think some people are really scared to do that. I have to. If I don't, I would not succeed in what I do. Welcome everyone to the Self-Acceptance Summit. This is our very first session, and it's my great joy to be able to launch this entire series with a special interview on self-acceptance with Elizabeth Gilbert. My name's Tammy Simon, and I'll be your host for this session and for our entire series. And now I'm so pleased to launch the Self-Acceptance Summit with this special conversation with the best-selling author of Eat, Pray, Love, Big Magic, someone who is a friend to Sounds True. I'm so grateful for your willingness here to take flight with me, Liz Gilbert. Welcome, Liz. Hi, Tammy. Thank you for having me on. I've missed you. (laughs) Well, let's start right with self-acceptance as a topic that you care about. Why is this an important topic to you personally? Well, I mean, I've kind of been a student of it my whole life because I've had to be. Um, because its absence, its moments of absence in my life have brought me the darkest pain I've ever been in, you know? Um, And the only way out of that pain of the absence of self-acceptance was to claw, study, fight, beg, an inch my way toward it. Um, And and it's been what I've been up to for, for a long time, and it's something that I still have to work on. Um, and there are, are days and times where where I lose it um, and I have to find my way back to it again and again and again, which, which of course, always means finding your way back to your heart. It's the, it's the only place you're ever going to find it. I keep looking for another way, <laughs> uh, but so far I haven't found one. So, so I've been forced to be a student. Self-acceptance. Uh, life has forced me to be a student of self-acceptance. The alternative has just been dreadful. Now, it, it's interesting that you say that you still have challenges with it because I think one of the, and let's call it a misconception that people have, is that people who seem so bold and like such a truth teller. I mean, you didn't write a book called Small Magic. You wrote a book called Big Magic. <laughs> you know, they, they're over it. That you, you've you've yes. graduated from being a student, if you will. But it sounds like that's not really the case. Not till you're dead, you know. Um, are you still here? Then you're still a student, and you're still a student of your of your own life. And you know, life will. You know, the bell. It's like the school bell will ring when it rings, and school will be in session, and life will continue to throw things at you that that take you down. You know, um, I don't. I don't care how long you've been doing this. I mean, you've you've talked to all the great spiritual leaders. Maybe you've met people who are actually fully ascended and no longer have any disturbance in the force um, around their lives whatsoever, but I haven't spent a lot of time with those people, and I certainly haven't become one of those people. Um, you know, one of, the, one of my favorite things that my friend Rob Bell always says is, when, you know, one of the beginning things I do when I'm, like, at the pit of shame is I will actually write on my hand the word student. It's something that my friend Rob taught me, just to remind me, you're still a student. 
you're not a master of anything yet. And and obviously right now you're not, because right now you're in a heap and, and you feel like a total failure and a total disappointment to yourself and to others. And so now it's time to become that student again who seeks her way out of this hole any way she can. Self-compassion researcher Kristen Neff. One of the things, I think one of the reasons we're so attached to our self-criticism, even though it's painful, is because it gives us the illusion of control. You shouldn't have failed. Oh, that means theoretically it's possible that I would never fail. It's just because I did something wrong. You know, you shouldn't have made a mistake. You shouldn't have been this. You shouldn't have been that. We love the illusion that it's theoretically possible to be perfect, <laughs> to never have things go wrong, you know, to do everything we want to do. You know, just a show of hands, how many of you, if you could snap your fingers and get rid of your absolute worst trait that you don't like about yourself, would do it? You know, why wouldn't you? If we had so much control, why are we still doing it? You know, this, because we don't have that much control. We have a little wiggle room, but not much. You know, our genes, our early history, our culture, our stress level. There's so many reasons why it's hard to be exactly who we want to be, right? And, but somehow when we criticize, criticize ourselves, we, we feel that, well, maybe, maybe if I just tried that little bit harder, I could be perfect. Um, and that's not reality. <laughs> 